Hey, today on the show, we have Adam Schoenfeld. He's a massively talented guitar player, songwriter. He's a snappy dresser, a fantastic magician. He can do it all. I really love this cat, and I really miss his smile and his laugh. And on this podcast, we laugh so much that my face still hurts. He even got dressed up special for our time together. I hope you laugh as much as I did. This guy's been everywhere, done everything, played with everyone. Here's my dear friend, Adam Schoenfeld. Yes. <laughs> I miss you. I miss you too. Do I do, man. It's Surfing USA. <laughs> I thought closest thing I can think of to you is being on a beach, being on vacation. What are you drinking? Peter Pineapple. Peter Pineapple. <laughs> you know what else I realized? Getting ready to talk to you. Thinking about the beach. I realized when I was getting ready, I had this huge sack of sunglasses. All kinds of different sunglasses. And I thought maybe we could try them all out. <laughs> While we're hanging. It's like every, every like, six minutes you need to change sunglasses. Will you let yeah, me know? I'll, I'll keep, I'll, I got a timer going here. Dude, how the hell are you? Good. Man? Hey, would you mind if Amy took a picture of us together here? Come on, Amy. Hold on. I got to get Peter. Got to get Peter. How are you, Amy? He asked how you were. I'm seriously backlit. Hey, girl. <laughs> <laughs> I'm seriously backlit. Dude, you're seriously lit. Hey. Wait, what? <laughs> oh, man. I'm drinking coffee. I'm drinking uh, Propel water. And I found this stuff called ginger beer. Oh. It's like ginger ale, but it's just, it's good, man. Yeah, well, I used to add that to vodka, and my wife started calling me a sissy. Oh. That, that, well, that just ain't, that ain't, you got that ain't cool, man. You got nothing. I, I got nothing. No, it's not cool that you called me a sissy. Well, so, Seriously, what do you think? I man? like it. I like it. I bought a freaking Hawaiian shirt at freaking Walmart. This is like a $15 shirt. It's one of the coolest beach shirts ever. Man. I love it. You look like a local, man. Yeah. How about this? <laughs> Come on. When's the last time you listened to the Beach Boys? Um... Fourth of July on TV. Really? Did you? Dude, I like that little rack of loveliness there. I got my, uh, I'm surrounded for when I have sessions. Yeah. So, so no one walks in on my <laughs> space. Dang, dude. Yeah. Are you guys, are you, are you busy? I mean, are you back working, but just doing uh, tracks yeah, out of the man. house? We have been doing quite a few here. Yeah. My, just like kind of on my own um like the other night did one where um amanda williams called me and she wanted something for uh for her song and she also wanted drums and so Corey from the brains band digital brains came over we got a full drum room over there Man. and so we're able to do that i've done a couple small sessions just to keep it real safe yeah. like really small 
bass, drums, guitar, and keys, and that's it. And just the artist and me engineering, just so there's not an extra body in yeah. the house. I do not claim to be a recording engineer, but yeah. but it's been working out okay. I mean, uh, there's been studio stuff too. You know, maybe not as much as I hope. It's the reason there's not as much is because it's the quarantine horrible covid stuff and not that nobody wants to hear me play anymore but either way i've seen a bunch of pictures where everybody in the studio has a mask on and stuff and i go well i mean i I assume that's working it seems to be you know you you never it's kind of weird though because like the whole the bands are really trying to stick yeah you know and the engineers most most of those people are doing well but no offense to the young songwriters but half of them are coming in without it you know, it's like, dude. and they're like walking into your space and trying to look at your stuff. And it's like, dude, you know, well, but everyone has a different view on it. And, Amy, Amy and I always say it's, it's way easier to wear a face mask than it is to wear a ventilator. It sure is. <laughs> mask it or cast it. Hashtag. What was that? Mask it or what? Gasket. <laughs> Courtesy of my friend Legs, Dave Driscoll up in Jersey. He, uh. He, he said that in a text to me. So it's like, I'm using that forever. I like that a lot. I like it. Yeah. Well. What you been doing? Dude, so, uh, yeah, man. You are the, the smiling assassin. You're the here and there. You're the always here, always gone, life of the shindig. I'm uh, just, man, I've just, I've missed your face. This is fantastic. You Thank you for doing this. Heck yeah, I was going through some old CDs the other day and and uh I found a couple well, I found one that said Bart and Adam and it was the um uh just the work tapes of us writing a couple songs and then I found an unmarked disc and I put it in and it was the studio versions of those songs. Nice. Yeah. So I gotta send those to you. I think we've written some pretty good songs. They weren't they weren't on the bad side. No. By the way, that behind you is is that's the biggest bandana I've ever seen in my life. You wait till I put that on. <laughs> Actually, it's even better when I take it off. If you're going to blow your nose in that, you got to be wearing overalls because it ain't fitting in any other pocket, man. <laughs> well, so you were born in Warsaw, Poland as a girl. Yes. And uh, it was, you later changed. I was yeah. Yeah. Did that change your. No, I'm kidding. You were born in Huntington, New York. Yeah, Long Long Island. Long Island. So, mm-hmm. were you from a musical family? Uh, yes and no. Like my immediate family, mom and dad, not musical, um, but uncles, grandparents. My my uh, my grandfather. He did. Uh, he played piano, classical, classically trained. I remember him and his sister sitting and playing four hands piano. Wow. Yeah, that was pretty trippy. And my. Uh, one uncle is a upright bass player, okay. um, jazz, and the other one's hardcore jazz uh, pianist, and ended up being a piano tuner. So it was there, it was around, but but you know, only not in the immediate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> New shades, yeah, I right. like those. Well, you know what they say, man. Yeah. You can tune a piano, but you can't tune a fish. So they don't say that anymore. They're not allowed because the fish get um, offended. <laughs> They did. So, I mean, you know, no, you're, culture you're camp, right. whatever they call it. Don't you know? put your limitations on my fish, dude. That's what you're I'm saying. Cool. <laughs> you can't beat a fish. <laughs> Wait. 
Well, so if you grew up in that sort of environment, I mean, who were and who are your guitar heroes? How did you gravitate towards guitar? Uh, man, you know, I think, well, air guitaring, you know, like music. I just really love music. You know, records in particular, uh, well, a record in particular would be Frampton Comes oh, yeah. Alive. I remember air guitar into that. And I think that's part of the reason my parents got me a guitar. Yeah. And then, and that was real young, like just before I turned five. So I think I just, you know, gravitated towards the sound of music. And then when I started taking lessons, it just hooked. Me. Yeah. Because from five to 14, I took lessons nonstop except for one year. Really? So, yeah. Yeah. So I just, it just hooked me. And, and then I joined a band at 14. Yeah. So all over yeah so you learned to air guitar a 14 minute guitar solo at the age of five that's pretty impressive yeah it was awesome i was great i never missed a note <laughs> so did you was it complete air guitar or were you like holding a tennis racket or something i think it was total air okay. bro <laughs> yeah. are you reaching down <laughs> yes. uh, now these are these are pretty spectacular those are nice man you're kind of a combination of a hip hawaii biker and maybe a guy that welds on the weekend (laughs) (laughs) whales whales. so so what what brought you to nashville um a nissan i knew that was coming a pickup truck Uh, but no um the the last band i was in up in new jersey when i was a kid uh, the Nathan Lee band. Um, we, there was a manager down here. R- rewind. One of our friends who played bass with us a little bit on some recordings up in Pennsylvania had already been in Nashville, okay. uh, working side musician and a manager he knew um, wanted to make us stars and sign us to a management. I team like it. At the tender ages of 18, 19. Yeah. And all that oh, stuff. So, good. So we hopped in. You know, I like to say dueling Nissan Sentra's me and Justin Ty. Nice. He had a silver one, I had a black one, and we we came down together before the rest of the guys. And and I slept on the couch in Laverne for a month. Wait a minute, you were in a band with Justin? I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. He was my, like, other brother. You know, wow. I, I mean, my real brother died, and Justin was one of the, the ones, the first, first, second, you know, in their replacement, you know, Dude. just kind of over that role in my life you he's know. a good dude i haven't seen him in a yeah. long time he's down in um lafayette yeah the court uh dockside studios he's running that place Man. so Man. yeah so yeah he came up uh i think what happened if i remember correctly he came up to play for the band's recording we were starting the band nathan lee band it was him on piano me on guitar nathan's brother tommy on drums and justin came up to play on the stuff and then Justin went back to Nashville and we got a guy to play with us in Pennsylvania. Uh, even though I was from Jersey, we we're right across mm-hmm. the river. Um, but anyway, uh, when we moved down, um, the other bass player, uh, as kind of per the manager, it was my first lesson in the music business, kind of, you know, pushed the other bass player we had going on out. And Justin... Justin was there. Sorry, I had a little hook up there. Uh, but Justin slid back in, and it was part of it from there on out. You so, know? so you had a drummer named Tommy Lee. 
No, <laughs> later went on to be in Motley Crue. About that? No, Nathan, Lee was Nathan's middle name. Okay, <laughs> that's awesome. You all very quick grasshopper. How how you be so quick? Oh, holy crap! You got a strap on those. <laughs> strap on Dude, you. Okay, now you're like biker, biker, or like a really big Lane Staley fan. I love Lane yeah. Staley. What is, is that? Light, bro. Dude. So how? Got it. I like that. Those. Oh, there's your eyes. Yeah. You're really going to interview me? <laughs> we're just going to hang out. <laughs> no, man. This is the real, real interview, man. So, how long? You're sweating. Nah. Well, I'm at the beach. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. Good point. So, how long were you in this band before tragedy struck? <laughs> Before I came to Nashville, uh, yeah. Well, honestly, I think it was only a year and a half or so. You know, I was I was just doing some stuff for a musicography, like going through all this music and trying to. I'm like, hey, that was '96. Hey, that was '96. Hey, then that one was '96. Kind of like teenage boys and girls, you know, bands and boys. It's like, yeah, this one joins, this one breaks up. (laughs) You know, so. About a year and a half, maybe two years. We that was the first band like I like we were traveling in New York City and playing those clubs oh, cool. the bitter end. And, so, yeah. so when you got to Nashville, I mean, what what did you seriously do? Did you think you were gonna just be in the band and you were writing songs for this band, or did you have any interest in being your own artist? Did you have any interest in being a studio cat, or what? Did you, what did you do? Well, I always had an interest in my own art as a singer yeah. um i never quite had the confidence so it was easy for me to slide in as a guitar player in all the bands i was with you know um i didn't expect instant stardom although the stars were definitely in my eyes yeah. uh justin was working at ruby tuesdays at the time when he wasn't doing his touring gig so he had a waiting job lined up for me or at least an interview yeah. so um so hickory hollow ruby tuesdays Dude. you know so we did that and you know, God, the manager's office was up on that street. What's the street? It goes, uh, it's that little U up on the hill on um, 8th. Oh. And <coughs> where the old, uh, used to be the, the nice car dealership was there. Oh, man. Um, shoot. Mickey Jack Cones has his place yeah. up there. Um, anyway. So where, so where Blake's studio is? I'm maybe. Them, I'm not and, sure. And, Blake. and we're like a. Jeff Steele's house is and stuff like that. I don't know. Like eighth, like almost down to uh, what's that Italian Manja by Manja. Oh, okay. You know that that thing that loops yeah, up there. Yeah. But anyway, that's where I met. You know, we hung out in that area. The manager's place was there, and I kind of remember rehearsing in storage sheds on Knowlesville Road. And were you sweating? You were sweating then, maybe a little. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, no, I mean. I, we and then we started playing jazz guitar bar. I mean, Tommy quit the band like after probably a month. His the older brother was like, oh, I don't really want to do this. He's out. I just found a picture. You know, we replaced him with Adam Gibson. And I this picture I just found Travis Howard's in it with us in our band picture. I was gonna text it to him and go, Did we even do a show together? Because I don't think we did do a show. You did a photo shoot and then <laughs> broke up. 
yeah, I think so. I mean, it literally all broke up with within like four months, and the manager told me he's like, "You'll never work again in this town." And now he's like hiding out on an island somewhere. Who, who was this manager? Do you want to say or do you not? I'm not, well, not going to say. I'm not going to say. say. He, but he wasn't very nice. Let's just say yeah. that. So maybe he's changed. I hope he has. Well, I bet something's changed. Yeah. So <laughs> like you might have seen him at the post office. I don't know. <laughs> with a mailbag and an AR. It's, it's good stuff. <laughs> oh, no. On that piece of paper. Oh, that kind of most wanted, but nice. Your shades your shades all have a have a, have a theme. They're kind of the wraparound, black, reflective. Yeah. Meanwhile, well, the, with that beard, man, and that bandana and the shirt, you look kind of like Willie Nelson picnic era. I do have to say, I like, it. I like it. And I actually have been wearing the bandana because I'm growing my hair out and my kids will slap me if I do a ponytail. So, And you can't slap them back, not in this day and age. Yeah. But the red was special for you. I haven't, I haven't donned oh, a man. red bandana ever, really. And, and I thought, Thank you. for you, you make me happy. Red, red. I mean, I'm wearing red? Like, yep. Yeah. I'm not wearing any pants, but I am wearing a bathing suit. <laughs> So, I was prepared. I'm jumping in the pool. Dude, well, you, uh, you are, you are more prepared than I am. I know that for a fact. <laughs> for a pool. So, when did the uh, the music mafia and stuff start going on with Peter Pineapple there? Uh, that I'm gonna say that had to be. Let's see, Lovejoy Volume Two, two thousand. One, two thousand ninety eight, ninety nine, okay. something like I that. I totally forgot about Love Joy. I love that band. Yeah, dude, I've been listening again. Actually, and Kenny and I might be doing a little acoustic performance of some of those tunes coming nice. up here soon. Teaser, teaser. <laughs> Please, um, but yeah, man, Mafia was was interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so who? I mean, I don't mean to say who all was in that because it'd take you. 30 minutes to give you the list, yeah. but there was so many, so many good cats in that band. Yeah. Was it kind of a sort of kind of revolving door, but there was like the, the main guys. It was, you know, it was like Barnett. Brian was always yeah. there. At the of it. Um, Justin, he kind of opted out of it because we were Lovejoy in the mafia was all happening, happening. Same time. Yeah. Like, John Rich and Cowboy Troy and Two Foot would come to Lovejoy shows and sit in and stuff. Um, but yeah, like Navarro was on bass sometimes. I mean, there was a pretty good standard. I kind of floated in yeah. there because I was, already, thanks to John and Kenny, already had kind of launched a, a session career in Nashville. And, and I was kind of in that zone of like, of, well, okay, I just made music all day and yeah. married at the time. I'm married now, but right. uh, maybe. Um, but I think I was just about to have my first kid or maybe I hadn't had my first one yet, but I just kind of was like, I wasn't into the, the jamming as much all night long. Yeah. You know, it just wasn't, wasn't completely my speed. So I wasn't always there. I did. They were gracious enough to give me a, a mafia ring and, and all that. I was definitely a big part of 
what was going on in some of the shows they yeah. did. But you know, I saw that's kind of the floater. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't sound good. No, let me go float. <laughs> so were you were you writing much then, or were you mostly just trying to get a studio thing happening, or what? I, you know, <clears throat> writing has always happened. Like I can't stop that. That's why I'm 46 now, and I have two two and a half bands. Yeah. Because I, I just that's always been in me, you know, since I realized I could do it. Um, this last trip I've been taking back listening to all this music makes me realize that about 90% of what I wrote sucks. Yeah. But it's it's not easy to write a great yeah. song, you know. Um, but yeah, so I was always into the writing and I always had my own bands through all the years since I came here, no matter who I was playing for, I always had my own thing going on, but I might've done one show a year and then wrote the rest of the year and never, never had the balls to follow it. But the session thing kind of, that bit me in the, in the ass when I was working at Woodland because I mean, I was watching, like, I remember Greg Morrow's cases coming in and hearing all those guys through the wall. And here I was 19 answering the phones, 20. And, and also Bob at Woodland was grooming me as a musician. Okay. You know, he, he publishing aspirations. So he would use me and Justin and our friend Eric on drums. So we were kind of his house band and he, you know, totally, you know, really prepared me. Um, and we could use the studios whenever we wanted. As long as we had an engineer. Isn't it, so I, that, that was the time I was like, holy crap. It's still just, and I don't get to do it much anymore, but it I, it still blows me away. I've probably got a thousand some professional demos. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you go into that studio with either files or a CD with you and me sitting there playing acoustic guitar or whatever, and you come out three hours later and you've got five whole songs. Maybe you still need yeah. to put vocals on them probably, but it's just right. like, holy crap. And guys like you playing and Pat and Greg Morrow, like you were just talking about, he's like, you guys are the best players in the world, man. That's why we're getting five or sometimes six songs in three hours. And yeah. it still blows my mind. Man. It And you know what? I just had recently for the first time in a while, I had a song I wrote with somebody and we decided to do it, put it on a tracking session, yeah, you know, on a one-off session. Instead of me building some tracks here and then adding a guy, and which we can do now, it's real convenient, especially in these weird times. Uh, but so the other day, went to Omni. You know, guys I play with all the time, but yeah. I'm walking in as the writer, and you know, it's like three quarters of the way through the first take, and I'm like, well, that's the take. Yeah. I already knew. It just felt so good. I mean, I knew dude messed up there dude messed up there but they were going to fix right. it you know you, know, you just sit there like oh it's so awesome. Damn, it's so much fun was on drums and that that dude just got a sick pocket and that's the beautiful thing about drums like drums make no yeah. matter what drums can make the whole rest of the track sound good even if it doesn't because you're just like oh yeah that's very good to me that day the rest of it might have sucked but <laughs> so yeah, it was great. It was all great guys. Will so. you play on your own sessions, like in that sort of atmosphere? I have before. Yeah, sometimes I put my song on a session I was already on, or um, sometimes I, back in the day, would have my own full sessions, right. three to five songs, and I'd be on it. I I prefer doing more of the Dan Huff, where yeah. my stuff is there if I want to 
play, but I'd rather listen to the glass and kind of produce it a little bit and then add my stuff after. But it seems like anytime I bring my stuff, you know, I get roped yeah. in. I think the last time I remember, like, it was me. I think I had Greenberg, maybe. And he's like, why aren't you playing? Come just play. I'm like, ah. To me, there's like the separation. If I'm playing, I can't think about the production. Mm-hmm. If I'm producing, I can't think about the playing, you know. No, I I never, even though I was always the best in my price range. I would you always, always. I would never even pick up an acoustic because I found when I did, I didn't pay attention to what the electric guy was doing, what the keys guy were doing, what the you know, and I just and I then I would just have to waste time going back and re-listening to everything. And even though you like you say these guys know what happened and they're going to go fix the last you know two be- measures of that second yeah. course or whatever. But I always just found out that I got so distracted by trying to hang with you guys that I just got lost in in the actual song. It's like, no way, not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, I know you want more light. I do. I love the light. Is your camper on? Because that's got some cool green light, too. I can put it on. Oh, son of a... Oh, crap. Spill your coffee? No. I almost almost trashed the... Beach Boys. Can't do that, man. Oh yeah, oh yeah. See, now you're talking. Yeah, man. It's easy to get. You, you just get distracted by it all. So, yeah, and it, it's just it's hard. It's easier just to listen and enjoy the talent that is bestowed upon us from others. Well, it is easy to get distracted, especially like if I'm really digging what you're doing or really digging what Michael Rhodes is doing or, or whoever, then man, you just, my, I end up sitting there going like, why is there no acoustic guitar on the second chorus and this third verse? Oh, that's because I was watching you guys. And I forgot to play. Uh, yeah. Just stop playing. Oh, there's all the lights. They're all nice. now, bro. Dude, that's like an aural Christmas tree. It sure is. I like that. Aural. I love how you make sure to say aural. It's not oral. It's aural. It's aural. It's Ural. Now, that's completely different. That's my uncle. Ural. He's an oyster farmer. He is. Uncle Ural. <laughs> Oh, I like those. Dude, those kind of have the fade happening. I like those. That way you can still see the speedometer when you're driving. You know, I've never had a moment with you where I didn't laugh. (laughs) Oh, likewise. (laughs) Likewise. (laughs) (laughs) My wife said, no, never mind. (laughs) You, you You can say it if you want to. No, never mind. So how did the, the Tim McGraw gig come about? Uh, You've been with him for what? I mean, it's been a long time. Yeah, 2012 okay. was when I went went to that camp. Um, I was, uh, it just actually just kind of lined up perfectly. You know, I, I had established a friendship with him from when I was with Big and Rich. Okay. Um, and, you know, I stopped going on the road for a couple of years and I just, ended up wanting to be on the road again. I, I was like, I, need, I want a gig and I want it to be somebody cool that I like. And, and it just so happened uh, that he was looking for 
half of, a little more than half of a new band at that time. Mm. And I was just lucky enough that I was able to just email him and be like, Hey dude, if you're looking, I'm in. He's emailed me back. He's like, cool. Denny will call you. Rock on. You know, or he called me, I think. He's like, dude, you want to do it? I'm like, yeah. And he's like, awesome. Cool. You know? And uh, he's like, I want to talk money with you. Business office will call you. And then it was, it was on, yeah. you know, it was totally cool. And it's been great. You know, um, he's, uh, and you get to play some great songs. That's yeah, I mean, you know, that's the weird thing. It's like the the sets, there's not a lot of up-tempo songs right. because partly because he's got so many hits that aren't yeah. necessarily up-tempo. So it, it, there is a little bit of a challenge sometimes to get a set with the flow going, but but it seems like we've always managed to do it. Um, but yeah, I mean, when you, when you start every song and you know that crowd goes up we do a lot of like segues where people are going what the heck's that oh oh, hold on. oh and then all of a sudden you hit that thing they know and they're like ah. <laughs> dude i know that I song oh yeah there's just like <laughs> i don't know like so how, how does that stuff come about is that in rehearsals one guy you just start playing some bizarro chord change yeah, or something it's been different last year was a little different there there weren't as many um they got kind of done ahead of time um the, the years that i really enjoyed a couple of the years where we like four or five of us had laptops at rehearsal and it was like hey so you work on this for this okay. song you work on this. hey you're working on hand claps for that okay i'll do the mellotron you know it's like we all had our own little rigs and we were doing stuff and at the end it was like it was bad as well. That's cool. Really cool. And does Tim just kind of yeah. let you go? Yeah, I mean, he'll tell you if you don't like right. him, you know. But <clears throat> usually, in, at that point, he's not even there. We're doing it, sure. and, and sending. Denny's probably nightly sending stuff off to him so he can hear it. He's probably checking in and giving direction. Man, yeah, you definitely get direction from him. He he definitely has thoughts about his own. Set, does he? But but he, but yeah, that's cool. Yeah, but he definitely appreciates what we do. Yeah, you know. Well, I, I don't. Remember. I always found that in the studio, it was way easier to rein guys in than it is to push them out. And so, you guys, I, with all your laptops and everything, you were already going out. He could always bring yeah. you back in. Yeah. But if you don't, yeah. you know, get your guts out there and and swing for the fence, it ain't going to happen. Yeah. Dude, and you know what? And that's something that ends up missing when you become a session musician. A lot yeah. of times. It's so used. To, I wish I could. Well, you got you got other beard stuff happening. I just yeah. <laughs> I got that guy. <laughs> yeah, the broom. But yeah, you get you get um you kind of it's easy to get automatic and just do what you do and do the right thing all the time. You know, as a session musician and and I for so long always felt like I didn't know what I was gonna play or know why i was even there <laughs> you know so I, I think that was a part of why i did so well at first you know um but i just i find myself not going out there as much and i realized that again going back to i've been listening to all this old music yeah. that i made and man i was going for it really i was i was going for it. and this is stuff that is not it's not Nashville country normal yeah. stuff. It's stuff I before then, and and it's kind of re inspired me. And and Amanda, like I said, she sent the song, and 
I had so much fun on the other night because it was fresh off me listening to all that stuff. I'm like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to play like I used yeah. to play. Just like this pedal and this distortion and <laughs> you know. I'm going to grab There's a so Les Paul and dime the Marshall and we're going to have yeah, a good time. Yeah. yeah, man. I just, you know what? I miss that passion. Yeah. You know, the passion that you have. I don't miss, you know, I think I had kind of a, I don't know, like when in bands before I was working, you know, maybe a kind of an ego that prevented my bands from happening too, you know, and I wish I could now have that same passion without that. Yeah. Part. Cause now in bands, I try to be like, cool. What do you think? You know, whatever you think, you know, I'm back in the day. I was like, ah, ah. <laughs> if, if I didn't like that, I think I would just like, place blame in other places, you know, if I didn't like what I was hearing right. and half the time I didn't like what I was hearing because of me and I didn't yeah. realize it. Yeah, that's that, I'm my own psychoanalyst. Well, now you're just a wee bit more mature than you probably were 30 years ago. You need uh, some new sunglasses, by the way. So unlike an older McGraw song that you didn't play on the record and stuff, I mean, how nice. Another two, I like those. Two, what song is that? We're getting low here. You're almost running out? Oh, dude, we got another two and a half hours. What are you... The lighting's so bad, you can't really see the difference. Yeah. Well, that's all right. I'll keep putting the same one on. <laughs> I'll never know. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'll wear, like, all of them at the same time, just, like, I'm stacked. I like that a lot. Now we're going back to Tommy Lee. Mm. So on, if there's a song in Tim's set that you didn't play on the record, whatever, it's way long ago, whatever, are you, do you try to follow the tones from that record? <laughs> now you are at the beach because you're do. looking like a freaking pirate. I do my best to try to follow the tones. Yeah. It's a little, it, it's a little trying because, you know, live you have one amp set up, you know, one, one set up to get pull all those right. tones out of um so there's that which makes it a little difficult um but yeah i mean honestly one of the coolest things is michael landau is one of my oh, biggest dude. heroes absolutely one of the best guitar players in the world and, yeah and now because he plays on so much mccraw stuff old and new uh i'm half the time playing solos of his and then kind of doing my own <laughs> thing with him a little bit. and man that's done so much for my playing it's so so I love to try to get the tone, but sometimes it's like, oh, you can't quite get it. Of course, now when we tour again, we're going yeah. here. Yeah. Which I know the naysayers. No, man. There is a, there is, I mean, there is a difference. I mean, yep. it's, but coming through wireless units and in-ears and man, it, it's just, it's really great. So. Dude, I got a, a fractal that I, that's all I ever play anymore. And I had uh, Michael Britt on here, and and we were talking about the difference between the Fractal and the Kemper. And I said, probably ignorantly, but in a good spirit, I said, I think they're both unbelievably amazing tools. And whichever one you get first is probably the one you stick with for the rest of your life. Because you can't really, head-wise, it's hard to, to work on both of them. I borrowed one of his for a long time and man, I just got lost as crap. And he goes, that's yeah. how I feel about a fractal. I just get lost in it. So you kind of just, it's not the difference between 
a, a basement and a plexi. I mean, it, it's completely different technology and stuff, but they're right. freaking perfect. And if you lose your uh, Kemper on the road or whatever, you've got all the tones in your laptop and you just yeah. buy another one and plug them in and we're off to the races and sound check yeah. is 15 minutes late and then we're done. Pretty amazing. Yeah. And it really helped us because we were doing speakers in the box in cases. Oh yeah. So we had three guitar players with uh, speaker cabinets in cases. So there's this honky mid range, low yeah. mid range overtone that was clouding you times three, you know, I mean, so I was the first to go Kemper and not, not using all the sounds in there, just using my amp profile okay. as if it was my amp in a clean setting and then a pedal board in front of it. Um, ah, okay. Just, just having the relief of not having that overtone yeah. from my line made the mix a lot better, yeah. you know? And as soon as we, I think we got a couple shows in, yeah, we got a couple shows in with the Kempers, with the guys, with Dave and Denny and, and uh, it really cleared it up. That overtone was taking up so much space. Yeah. I think I remember Tim mentioning he thought everything was sounding better for some reason. Man, so. I had a really good question I was going to ask you, and I just completely lost it. But well, because I was talking. No, too man, too I love your talking too much. It's fantastic. The dulcet sounds of your voice just kind of are going to put me to sleep t- later tonight. Why? <laughs> did a I was doing a voiceover thing for my wife and realized I kind of sound like Casey Kasem when I read stuff. Yeah, I met him one. Th- I met him one time, but that doesn't matter. But so, I know you have. I mean, are you still? I, I and I want to get to Suncat Digital Brains Project Ghost Outfit. Are you? I mean, when you say you write, are you Zoom writing like I am, or are you writing by yourself? You writing oh. with your wife? Now I've done a, a couple rights here um, within the last month or so, just a few. I, I can't get too bogged down with yeah. it because if I do too many rights for Nashville, I stop doing the stuff that's for my own soul, right. you know? Yeah. Uh, and uh, so I try to balance it. The zoom writing, I don't really enjoy as much. Oh, it's um, completely different. I mean, I, I FaceTime or Zoom with my rock buddies in LA about every other week, and it's 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 completely different, and you're completely separated. But you go, well, it just this is the only way we're going to be able to do it. So yeah, yeah. Most of the stuff, most of the stuff I've been writing the front of this year until now, this first half a year, I can't believe it's half a year already. Um, it's been our own stuff, you know, some brain stuff and Suncat, and just a few pitch tune so can we go through your yeah. bands i mean your super hot trophy wife katie cook is also the killer <laughs> singer in your combo sun cat can you, yeah. you want to talk about that for a sec or two secs yeah man um, man that was just another gift on top of the gift of her yeah you know it's no like doubt. we both we both kind of led identical lives musically you know, where we, we wanted to do our own thing, but one thing or another kind of held us back from pursuing that, right. you know, whether negative outside influences or our own inside influences. <laughs> um, and uh, and we tried writing a couple songs together that were okay, kind of us just writing for people. And then one night, 
you know, when we were in the first year dating, maybe the second year, one night we had one just that came out, a song that just came out. And like over like two weeks, like four or five songs, just boom. I'm like, Oh, what the, yeah. You know? So, and that's what started it. And, and it's so cool to be up on stage with her, man. It's just, we're best friends yeah. and to be up on stage and, completely have each other's back and of course she knows how to talk to people so i don't have to make Dude. a dumbass myself and say something <laughs> stupid on the mic you know i just i just you know with brains i almost say nothing half the time because i don't want to say anything stupid with suncat i'm like you got this so you know brains uh, digital brains it's it's a little heavier than suncat it is. It's getting ahead. Yeah, dude. I can't wait. I was listening to a bunch of stuff yesterday and today. I freaking love that band. Thanks. Kind of pissed you didn't yeah, ask it, me to join it, but that's yeah, whatever. I'm sorry. Sorry. I got a fractal. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, so Corey Boys. Uh, we've been friends, shoot, I don't know how many years now, 15 plus years. And, um, met through his wife, Jen Boise, who was part of the music mafia. She was known as SWJ back right. then, spoken word. Jen. Um, but anyway, we kind of always wanted to do something together. And um, we finally, you know, I've had all these rock tunes. I consider Suncat kind of my light side. Yeah. And is kind of my dark side, you know. Um, so I had all these pissed off tunes, you know, and got him to play, got Corey to kind of join in with me and play on him. Well, actually I should, I should rewind. We did try to have a band with another guy. Things didn't work out for one reason or another. Um, and then I just was like, well, I got to do these songs. Then we started to record them. Corey was playing drums on them, but we had hired guys play the other mm -hmm. stuff, bass and some stuff. And this stuff came out cool, but, and we were doing it as digital brains, as the band, just me and him hired people wasn't quite the same, quite, wasn't quite right until we found Danny, you know, who's a bass player and sing, he sings way better than me. He's a better singer than I am by far. Um, but we have a cool thing as a trio yeah. together, you know, and, uh, and we just keep finding our voice. It's like, it's so cool to be in a band now and be able to appreciate that and not have any egos getting in the way of going, wow, this is getting awesome. Yeah. And, and no, no, that sucks. Don't, you know, there's no, there's no fighting. You know, if something, somebody doesn't like something, they go, eh, could you try that now? You know, everyone's real polite. And, but it's definitely my dark side, man. I, I, there's some deep hidden meanings in some of the new stuff about to come out and a lot of it, you know, it's just, you know, I don't think it's that hidden for somebody smart. Yeah. Well, I, I didn't pick it up, but yeah. <laughs> no, I've always been jealous of, I mean, in writing for a living, as you very well know, you really have to go, well, who's looking? You know, McGraw's yeah. looking, Faith Hill's looking, right. Garth's looking, whatever. So then you write, you follow that rabbit hole. And ultimately, it can be financially fulfilling, but artistically fulfilling is it's it's pretty shallow on that stuff. You know, and and so when you're when you're the act, when you're writing for us, and this is what we're going to record, then the the freaking governor's off. 
Oh, you guys yeah. get it. So yeah. Awesome. You write whatever you want. Let's write. I want to write yeah. a song about, you know, orchids. Oh, all yeah. right. Well, let's do that. Yeah. Rock orchids. <laughs> Rock orchids. And you can write a song about the guy mowing our yard right now. That's pretty cool. But anyway, so that's that's awesome. So what is yeah, no, what is Project that. Ghost Outfit? One of the coolest okay. names I've ever heard in my life. Uh, courtesy of Bill Lloyd for that name. Nice. I love that. Um, well, you know, uh, Tom Peterson and I of, of Cheap Trick yep. became friends, I think, God, before our firstborn, right before our firstborn. Yeah, it's been a long so, time. Back 17 years now. Man. And at some point in there around then, him and I and other friends, Keith Brogdon, um, a couple other people would just write randomly, like our, all the families would get together and the guys would go upstairs and jam and the girls would drink their wine. And, you know, and uh, <clears throat> so we wrote a little bit, but then when I met Bill Lloyd and started to get to know him at one of Tom's parties, it was like, Hey, the three of us should write something. Mm. That was probably about six years ago or something like that. And, and uh, so Tom and Bill and I wrote the first thing we wrote just was awesome. So we kept writing and it took several years to finally yeah. record it. Uh, but we recorded um, on two different sittings. We recorded, I think there's seven songs. So it, the songs were written by Tom and Bill and myself and Steve Marcantonio engineered and really helped us produce. I saw his, it, his picture on your... Uh, the pictures of the band, it's like, oh, dude, that's freaking Mark Antonio. Yeah. And Keith Brogdon, of course, on drums, who's, he's uh, Thinking Out Loud Design is his company. Okay, I don't know him. Album covers and just all kinds of graphic art design for big, big clients. But he was the drummer for Bear Jr. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, back in the day. And I, whatever whatever Will's band was, I think they had Spoonful or, not Spoonful, Forkful or <laughs> Knife chops or i don't know but anyway, hammer. he's yeah he's one of the sickest drummers ever so actually we put out seven songs and <laughs> claw <and> hammer <laughs> and we're gonna we wrote two more like last month so we gotta get back together and put our masks on and write a couple more we may just complete do a complete record like yeah four or five bottom to what we did and you know there's there's a nice little, very small but nice little group of folks that are big Bill Lloyd fans, yeah. and of course Tom that, that hear it and like when when can I buy a CD or you just put it on vinyl and we're like get Spotify yeah yeah we we won't get paid but you can hear the music yeah you can have it and it's easier for dude I worked with uh, Foster and Lloyd when I was at RCA oh did yeah. you really and I don't know I know Rad better than I know. Bill, but I remember <laughs> saying they played some military base or whatever, and the general comes up to him and he goes, Which one do you use faster and which one do you use louder? <laughs> he, thought, he thought Foster Lloyd was faster and louder. It's <laughs> uh, awesome. <laughs> so, okay, okay, you have three, you have four very different lives. You have mm-hmm. McGraw, Suncat, yeah. Digital Brains. Project Ghost Outfit. And I'm working on my John Lennon record. I like that. Sorry to interrupt your question, but I'm also doing just stuff on my own that doesn't quite fit with something okay. either. So I'm having a good time. Yeah. <laughs> so 
Can you explain at all your live rigs, your studio? I mean, I can see your studio rig. You've got wraparound amps and guitars like we all do, but can you, but that's not your studio rig, the cartridge rig. Yeah. Can you, can you kind of go through some specifics? Um, To be honest, I mean, I, I went through that phase of making sure I had every amp to be able to get every sound like, like, what he does you know but inevitably i think at least for me i got known for a way i sounded which really i don't have to bring any other amp besides my basement head because <laughs> really uh, i mean i don't i can get whatever i i need to get out of it you know i do have um what do i have right now i've got a dr z that ebo modded okay. so I, uh, it's called a zebo now nice uh mad 38 but that's sitting there when I want a little more crystally Marshall thing. Yeah. I, I, you know, I did have this JMP combo Marshall JMP combo, which I think I'm about to go get back. It hasn't sold yet um, where it's sitting and kind of missing mm-hmm. it. I'm kind of glad it well, I might put that back in the rig. Um, so I, you know, I've, I've got, I've had all different kind of amps. I've had, I had a copper panel AC 30 head and cab that I carried around with me in the cartridge rig. I, um, this little, this little box I carried around for a while. You know, yeah. I had everything, I've had everything in there amp wise, all kinds of combinations, but I really just started finding that I don't rarely, if I pull out of the basement and plug into something else, sometimes it's fine, but no one noticed that I did it. I'm the only one. <laughs> you know, this is like, I can get the same thing out of the basement. You know, it's just, it's just the way it is. And then I kind of got my go-to pedals. I've managed to not rip apart my studio pedal board for the last five years. Nice. So usually you're like, no, take that out, put this in. <laughs> yeah, dude, I'm not, of course, near at the level you are, but I found out, uh, if I had a Matchless, a Vox, a Marshall, a Bob Bradshaw, a Boogie, I would tweak and tweak and tweak and tweak and tweak and tweak and tweak until they all sounded exactly the same. And yeah, I thought, well, this right. is freaking stupid. Yeah. It's more about the guitar. You really think you think so? You know? well, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, like last night, I, I was like, I need a, uh, a thinner sound. Okay. So, I went from from the where I'm oh this way yeah yeah the bass from there I was yeah. like that's that I needed like a cowboy reverby okay. sound so I'm gonna go to this little box okay. here, the little Cambridge zone reverb and and tremolo and I plugged in and I was playing I was playing this beautiful Gretsch I saw that back okay. there I like that going for a cowboy thing and this is that box is most definitely brighter and and thinner than the basement but i still when i plugged in that the gretch and got the clean sound like it's still too big it still sounds almost like the basement so i grabbed up there on the wall the jaguar in the back because i just the other day was on a session with a guy and he had a jag and i remembered how cool and brittle it sounded in a good way. Mm. You know, so I ended up using the Jag and sometimes it's just a s- s- guitar. Yeah. Is what does it, you know? Um, 
and I think the Jaguar gets, of course, that surf sound. I think surf is almost synonymous with cowboy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. I am the surf Dude, guy. I love those. The white. I'm not showing you this, man. <laughs> I'll say the best for last, bro. Yeah, best for last. <laughs> Wait, where's Peter Pineapple? Oh, he's gone. And there he goes. Oh, sorry. There we go with the shades on. So is there any piece of gear that has, Oh, wait, 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 wait. So, so for the big arena gigs with Tim, you guys are going camper and then what you'll take out six or eight guitars or, or what? Yeah. Uh, that's okay. Yeah. Well, six or eight. That's right. That's a close. Yeah. <laughs> We're wrong. Not six or eight, seven. Jesus. I'm oh, sorry. I didn't mean to offend anybody. No, no. <laughs> I'm blown. Uh, yeah. So last year we transitioned in halfway through to where we went Kemper's just kind of set like our amp right. with our pedal boards in front of it. The plan was this year, which as we know, isn't yeah, happening done is we were gonna, I was going to go as internal as I could with the Kemper as little of a profile pedal yeah. board you know, as I could. And I still haven't programmed for it because we got nothing to program yeah. for. And I'd rather cram. So when you say yeah. your amp models, what are you, what are you putting in there? A basement and a Marshall and. Uh, well, I went to Michael Brits and actually, okay. yeah, I did everything I had at the time. Um, and I, I haven't really experimented much with them. You know, I have, I, I have used the basement sound, my main basement sound. That's the one we use live. I've used that in here um i don't know if we quite got it yet no fault of michael's he's amazing yeah, he's great um, I, think, I think either either we hadn't we didn't quite get the right profiles for my taste right. or i just don't like kemper as much as real amps i'm not yeah. sure um, i gotta experiment more i really really have he's got some of my uh bob bradshaw ca100 tones in his in his catalog man you know what he did to me? Freaking, I'm playing on a session with him. And this is before we modeled all mine. He had just modeled one Marshall of mine and uh, modded, not modded, profiled. profiled. Anyway, so I'm on a on one of their sessions and um, he's got just his Kemper and I got all my amps and including my Marshall combo and He's playing. I had tone envy the whole time. And I said, what's that? He goes, that's your Marshall. I'm like, well, it never sounds that good for me. Wow. You know, it sounded so freaking good. I, I had never heard my Marshall sound as good as it did. You know, That's crazy. On, is that, so that's is that just because you're taking speakers and air and humidity and everything out of the equation? Yeah, diff I think yeah. so. I mean, but who knows with that particular profile i don't know you know i tend to like the amps better because of all that yeah. stuff but that day when i heard that tone i was like man that's amazing but i, I can't get that but you also have i mean a marshall has what 48 tubes in it 50 55 tubes in it and any given day you turn it on it's gonna sound this much different than it did yesterday might be better might be worse. Yeah. You might come back after hitting the standby and going to lunch and coming back and clicking the standby again. Might be better. Might be worse. 
that's the one thing that is is so great about Camper and Fractal and these guys. It's so consistent. And I should say, because I don't want to, what I just said earlier to sound like an insult oh, no. towards Michael when we profiled. Um, we also profiled with his speaker cabinet. Uh, he he literally lives like like fifty feet. Oh through, yeah, through a line. We you know we live right near each other, so I went over there. But we use his speaker cabinet, so okay. I think that could be the little bit I'm missing. You know, like I really feel like I probably should have done my own speaker cabinet. Okay. So it's different speaker, yeah. different. And there's, it's that one variable. So you know, there's that too. So does your guitar tech feel guilty when he can set your whole rig up in 18 minutes and then? String a handful of guitars and he's done. Oh, he's so happy. <laughs> Dude's the best too. Brian Jones is his name. Everybody steals yeah. the It's so funny watching these uh John Bollinger rig rundowns. And they'll get Oh yeah, I Oh, they're freaking great. But he'll go yeah. except for like uh ACDC, who still has, you know, forty hundred watt Marshall heads everybody's got fractals and campers. And so you just kind of go, okay, there's another, another camper rack. Let's go look at your guitars (laughs) because there's not much to talk about. Yeah. It's changing, right? Mm. Well, they did a good job at what they set out to do. Yeah. And, but, but it's, yeah, it's just, it's nice to be able to have your, your whole rig in about a, 10 space rack or two. Yeah. That's what I love about what I got going on here. I actually, this was inspired. There's this guy in town named Kenny Royster. That's got a studio and he, you know, he's got all amps there. You don't need to bring anything but a pedal board. He's got guitars set up really well. And all the amps behind you to where you can easily get to them and just change the speaker cable. And I'm like, I need to do that. Cause I found myself not using as many of my amps because it would just be like, oh, I'll grab one and put it in the studio, in the control room with me. So I took them all out of the sound room and put them in here in the circle around me. And now I'm like, oh, oh yeah, I have that. Right. I can put that one in now. Uh, it's fun. And the Kemper right now is here. I put it there like as a, okay, I'm not quite getting that clean tone or I'm not quite getting that metal yeah. tone. Well, I know I could probably just like pop over to that. But also for that, for that one time a year, you need a Mesa buggy triple rectifier. Well, you don't want to have to buy the whole head. Yeah. God, I had, I had a dual rectifier. There was another one they're making. I got them at, you know, they they don't give stuff away, but I got an artist deal on them. In the beginning of the big and rich days, I ended up selling them, but God, they were they were they're pretty ballsy. I hear it's a '97 dual rectifier is the one you is that want. It? Like that, that's like the last year they were amaze balls. I'm gonna have to try to find one of those. <laughs> yeah, are you on eBay right yeah, now? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now my two uh, Bob Bradshaw OD 100s have all the gain in the world. And it's funny you mentioned uh, Dr. Z because I've got one of the last 6545s they ever made. And then the guy that was, which was uh-huh. their only channel switching amp. And dude, it's it's the closest thing to a Plexi I've ever had. 
and it's it's just fantastic. I freaking love it. But that's anyway. So, do you want to do my lightning round? How do I do it? What do I do? I'm going to ask you questions, and I want you to answer. You know, truthfully. quickly, truthfully. Yeah, yeah. You're going to need the shades. What's your favorite book? Oh, goodness gracious. I would have to say Celestine Prophecy. Really? All right. Interesting. Are you a uh, a bath or a shower guy? I am a shower nice. guy. What's the last gift you gave someone? The last gift I gave someone. <laughs> Besides my presence, um, <laughs> or just uh, your, I'm trying to think. Hold on, hold on. What is <laughs> oh, I bought my son uh, a really bad to the bone pair of Nikes. The other All right, day. nice. Like, like a lot of money because I bought his sister a laptop for Logic, mm-hmm. so he had credit. So what? So she's got logic now. So she's recording now too. Oh, dude, it's Crazy. ridiculous. But she, she won't play me anything finished yet. But yeah, I I am not talented. <laughs> when you hear her, you'll be like, trust me. Another year or so, if she decides to bestow it upon the world, you're gonna. I can't wait for that. Yeah. What's the first concert you ever saw? How old were you? And did you get a T-shirt? Okay, no T-shirt. Um, I have been meaning to clear this up with my mother. <laughs> I can <laughs> not the fact that I don't have a T-shirt. I don't we're, know if it was the we're in very intense therapy. Yeah, I know, <laughs> Mom. Where's my T-shirt? Now, I don't know if it was uh, Beach Boys or Chuck Berry. I'm not sure which one came first. Chuck Berry was in a theater. Okay. I remember. I remember sitting stage right, so on the left side, about 15 rows back. and Or maybe it was just to the right of that. How old were you, do you think? Uh, I think I was probably eight, seven, eight. Okay. And Beach Boys, ironically, these guys. There they are. John Stamos was playing drums in the tour that I saw. Um, so yeah, I don't know which of those, but one of those. All right. You ask my mom. She'll probably watch this and let me know before I get a chance to ask her. It's only on uh it's only on audio, so she won't have anything to watch. Oh. I'm sorry. She can listen to it. Fine. People aren't gonna see me looking like this. I can see you looking like that though. Yeah, you know what? That's all that matters. What uh what song do you wish you would have written or sang on? <laughs> Dude, you look like a feeding basking shark right there. It's pretty impressive. What was a basking shark? It's a shark. <laughs> it's like a New Zealand shark. Oh, <laughs> man. I, w- <laughs> uh, I would have to say, um, like, here comes my girl. Yeah. Tom Petty. I mean, yeah. Just. Mm. Come on. So when you and Bill and Tom write, is it 
Is it Beatles tinged? Because I would think it would. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I would think it would be. Yeah. All right. Um, is there a song you wish? I guess I just kind of asked that. If money was no option, what guitar would you buy? Well, as fate would have it, there's one right now I know of in a small town in Indiana. Praise for three hundred fifty thousand. Okay, I bet I know what it is. Fifty nine, Paul. Mm-hmm. Is that? I would love. Actually, I, I may, I may like sixty one, sixty one strats. Kind of hit me pretty good too. I got one of those. No. Sh- yep. Sh- oh, don't. Sorry. You want to know what's really weird about that guitar? Is that you you were thinking about giving it to me? I was, but, but now I'm not. When you turn oh. it over, the place where the, the plate was that covers the springs, there's no plate yeah. there, and there's also no screw holes in the back of it. What? Yeah, so I don't know if it was made for a, a Fender employee or something. That's but weird. Yeah, it's, a, it's pretty clean, pretty clean. Ah. I'm just saying. You're lucky. Man. Yeah, I've uh, I'm I'm a '59 Les Paul too. I've played three of them, and they all there. Two of them were super super consistently close to each other one, and the third one kind of had nothing to do with the other two. Uh huh. But I got you. Well, I don't I don't know if I've ever played one. I think I man I might have played one at Groons. Um, but uh, yeah, this one. If you know anyone, I know where there is one. But from what I understand from people that know about them, the top is not so really? amazing. Like the top really has a lot to do with how much they fetch. Yeah. How much flaming is there is on them? Yeah, I yeah. think so. But, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. Guitars are fun. All right. All right. So what would you be doing if you weren't doing this? And I don't mean today. I mean, like for a living. <laughs> I was gonna be sitting back dreaming of you, baby. Um, boy, you know, if I wasn't doing this, I would, I would be following my other passion of martial arts. Really? Uh, yeah, I think I'd be doing that and just have a job that, you know, hopefully, I'd have my house paid off so I could have a job that just pays my property taxes. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I just, I just have a job to get by, and I'd follow. I'd do that, man. I, I, I would like earn black belt level after black belt yeah. level, you know, and just get really sunk into. You ever it. worry about your hands? No, I had. You know what? To be honest, I haven't done it in about a year. Um, I do worry about them sometimes. Yeah. Uh, did have a close call several years back, um, but I, eh, you know what? I kind of, yeah, I do, but I, but not too much. Yeah. Sense, like I just, I kind of go, you know what? If it's going to happen, it's going to happen. And I kind of learned from that, you know, the time I mistakenly blocked a leg with an unclenched fist. Oh, yeah, that doesn't quite work <laughs> for your finger. Um, <laughs> I don't do that anymore. Um, so you- and it also taught me sometimes if I'm sparring, you know, like. I'll like kind of put that arm, my left arm behind my back and spar that. Really? Way. Yeah. And just try yeah. to learn how to do that. 
And sometimes getting out of the way is the Dude, best. I have, uh, I've, I've coined a term called hand centric. Oh, that is that exact same. Let if I see a glass falling off a table, I just let it break. I don't care. Yeah. I'm I'm not cutting a tendon up, you know, from a finger yeah. to catch a freaking yeah. two dollar glass. I'm not doing it. I must say that I have an issue now. I my reflexes have gotten really good. Like I would probably catch a knife by accident. <laughs> <laughs> Which You're is like, like oh, hey, look at that. That's, yeah, that's, oh. yeah, that's freaking awesome. <laughs> right through the right through the hand. Oh. So besides going back and doing <laughs> the Adam Schoenfeld retrospective. What are, what well, yeah. what else are you listening to these days? Um, you know, I have not been I've been guilty of not listening to that much and just kind of being engulfed in work and lucky enough to have work. Um, you know, I've been taking drum lessons. Really? Uh because I've been playing drum like my own stuff I'm doing. I'm playing my own drums because I have a kit here. Yeah. I'm open at it and I want to get better. Um so that's I've been doing that. That's been is it like an online thing, or are you meeting with? No, there, there's a school in Brentwood. I, I take from uh, David Dunseith, who is Leanne Womack's. Oh, okay, and guy, and uh, yeah. So I'm just taking a, a little bit just to just learn the right way of doing things. So, um, but yeah, I'm guilty of not listening that much these days. Um, I'm trying to listen more to get inspired, yeah. but I just, I'm, I'm always either doing something for somebody else or trying to work on my own stuff. So I don't get that much of a chance to listen. Is uh taking drum lessons, changing your guitar playing? Uh, not yet. I hope it does. You do hope it does? Seriously? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, I hope it doesn't affect that, yeah. but, um, uh, I, I tell you, I play bass on most of the Suncat yeah. stuff. And so there's, there is a little thing in there that's helping me. You know, I, I, I think that's going to be a, a cool mix. I think it's going to make stuff even better. Yeah. And I, and I don't play drums on all of my stuff. You know, there's some Suncat stuff I play it on some that's other people. So the good stuff is other people. <laughs> so what's next for you? Um, you know what, man? I think uh, just following this path, yeah. man. I mean, kids are going to be, it's going to be a matter of like five years and all kids will be out of high school. Man. And and I'm still, I asked my daughter the other day, I'm like, is it weird that your dad still has bands and is trying to make it with his own <laughs> bands? And she's like, well, if you weren't in the business already, it might be weird. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Thanks, honey. But honestly, I, for the first time in my life, I can see myself not doing music, but not not like fully not yeah. doing it, but like not having to go to the studio. I could see myself chilling out and and downsizing and and going and playing some shows with Katie and the boys and and enjoying it and just having it for pure enjoyment. Spending more time at the uh, beach. Yeah, go to the yeah. beach. Finally, have this shirt coming. You already dressed for it, so. I'm a, I'm I'm a little bummed that this is just audio because this I know that I said this was for you, but it was, it was also for me. we're not we're not quite there just yet. So I apologize. Maybe this should be the first this one. Could be the first one. That would be awesome. 
Well, dude, thank you so much. I miss the heck out of you, man. And I, I, I freaking love man. you. And I'm so thankful you're in my life, man. And I know we haven't seen each other hung much in forever, but uh, thank you for your time, yeah. man. This has been a blast. Dude, you're always, you're always a ray of sunshine, brother. <laughs> so are you. Thank, thank you, man. Go have some more coffee. Right. Okay. I want to wake up and dream about the beach. Oh, I, like that. I love you, bud. You rock. Great to see you, man. Love you, too. Talk to you soon, I hope. Let's go write. Let's write our freaking song. That's okay. what we ought to do. Come on. It's kind of dumb. Let me some date. All right. <laughs> Trying some more sunglasses. <laughs> okay. See you, buddy. <laughs> see you, brother. <laughs>